0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. It's the Knife Talk podcast. We're here every Monday um, just to entertain you, maybe answer a few questions, and have some fun. It's myself Craig Lockett of Chop Knives. Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. And Mareko's got a problem this week where the uh, the phone lines are down. So we can't actually get hold of him. Um, we've tried moving satellites. We've tried everything. We can't get hold of him, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be back again next week. So, Jeff, how are things? The, you know, this week
1: <clears throat> specifically, the weather was very bad. And um, the weather's bad here in New York. But what Mareko's mm-hmm. going through is kind of this kind of. Similar weather he had a ton of snow, and all this snow knocked out the power, so he was texting wow. us about whether the power' was going on, the power was going on we actually i had to close the shop on Tuesday because we ended up getting seven inches of snow. oh and wow, our wow. shop is on a hill that's maintained by um friends of mine, and it's not really maintained as well as should be, and not to mention the town that I live in the the they they do a terrible job maintaining the roads anyway, so it was like it gets to the point where it's like what are we going to do risk our lives to get to work and so we had yeah. to make they make, make the day up but um it throws a monkey wrench in everything uh, you know when you have to like sh- call up in the morning cuz you know you don't want to tell someone on their way to work
3: no, you want no, you know
1: no, you no. want to let you know let people know early so they can make plans and it's not like a total pain in the ass so yeah yeah it's it was uh you know you got to do whatever it takes and sometimes your best isn't good enough so we are we're um we're working on some new stuff. Uh, this year, we're not doing our signature series anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last year, I did signature series, and it just, you know, frankly, it didn't take. I think that um, it didn't take, and um, we're, we have all this inventory, and some things are not going, and we're changing pricing and lowering pricing and kind of discussing how to go through you know, the future and stuff like that. So it's, it's been like, a, you know, it's been a strange month, um, but not mm. terrible. You know what? I,
2: I I appreciate you saying that, because not many people publicly say, oh, you know, it hasn't been a good month, or we've still got stock we were hoping to sell. People generally try to put a spin on things, yeah. you know? And you can tell when you read it, it's like, okay, you did fucking sell. Well, we, we get what you mean.
1: It's, it's you know, I, what we came up with, the, the, the whole idea was years ago we were working with these chefs, and we would yeah. do collaborations. And then... As we were going, some of them were really good and some of them were not. And some of them were like, it got to the point where I was doing all the, not only the designing, but I was doing the selling. And then at one point, it was, the whole idea of the collaboration is you're getting new eyes. So you're doing Hmm. a collaboration with the chef and then their chef gets to see what we're doing. And the next thing you know, we have like new, you know, potential buyers. And it got to the point where when we looked at like who was buying all those knives, they were all our customers, so I made the decision a couple years ago. I'm like, I'm not doing a signature series with the chef. I'm going to do all the work, and then I got to give them a cut or their thing. You know, yeah. I'm going to do my own signature series. And so we did the Neptune Sunrise two years ago, and it went good. It went good. It went fine. And then last year we did the uh, Cosmic Drift, which I loved, but it just didn't. It just didn't resonate. And uh, now we made the decision. We had a lot in stock, and we've lowered the prices on them, just kind of like, all right. And we had a hard. It was a. It was. We had a we had a game plan where we're going to stick to it to the rest of the year. And last year, it got to the point where i we'd make a lot, and then the next round of uh, the set, I'd make less, and then they make, mm. make less, and then I'd make less, and then I was just like, "Oh you know, fuck it, <laughs> this isn't really happening." And I'm not, and I'm not like Neil Kamamura. I'm not like, you know, these guys. You know, I'm not like uh, Montana Knife Company where all you know, I'm gonna tell you in 13 seconds everything's gone. We're doing the best we can here, and and some things some things resonate and some things don't.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: and um, it's it's weird. It's weird because you're right. Because a lot of knife makers, a lot of knife makers make it seem like you know everything's easy, and they also make it seem like I'm like living on you know Bermuda, and I'm just on a (laughs) fucking back of a yacht, and I'm on Evi Street. You know everything. Everything is hard, and. you know, being honest.
2: Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, aside from that, what's happening? What's the weather like now? Has it picked up a bit? No, it's still
1: cold. It's no. still cold. And we're just trying to, like, we're trying to, I'm trying to, like, monitor my oil tank before I have to I'm fucking begrudgingly order more oil. Cause it's like, mm. you know, the spring <laughs> is right there. And it's just like to buy a no, another tank of oil is so. It gets me down, but a couple number of years ago, before I even knew there was an oil tank here, we had actually our pipes froze, and then when the pipes freeze, the water sprinkler pipes freeze. It's the problem is oh. isn't when they freeze is when they fucking melt. So yeah. I had it's it, I cannot let the pipes freeze in the shop, so I have to like you know b- figure out what what to do in order to get that squared away. But yeah, look, this is life. You know, it's interesting because I think about it, and you know, but after we after we find out how your week was. I have a question to ask you in regards to this whole thing. But one of the things that was is is interesting is I'm I'm trying to do these new reels. And I don't know if you've seen them or not, I've I'm, seen
2: them where you throw in stuff and things yeah. magically make themselves. Yeah, I'm yes.
1: I'm I'm going for something. I've been lo- I've followed all these weird people doing all these things and what I'm noticing is a pattern. And I'm noticing consistency and pattern. And I'm trying to do something that's like maximum juice, minimum squeeze. And it's like, I'm trying to avoid the algorithm. Cause you know, if you have an algorithm on your cover, you know, your or a knife on your cover, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, potential yeah, yeah. red flag. And it's, I'm trying to figure out something to kind of also get new eyes. I'm not trying to like, you know, jerk off my, my fellow knife makers, which seems like that's what a lot of people seem to be doing yeah. on Instagram. And I'm, it's it's working and it's not. It's it, I feel like it's fishing. I feel like I'm doing I'm fishing and I'm and a fishing expedition and you wor- I'm working an area and I'm trying to be as diligent in this particular part of the pond as possible.
2: So we'll see where hmm. it goes. It's good. I like them. But, um, you do. I can o- I can only imagine you're on your hands and knees afterwards picking all the of shit nah. up. Though <laughs> <laughs> there was there you
1: know it's their funny thing is and I'm not I'm you know what I'm not telling people how I do it only because. I already have the the fucking dork patrol you know doing their their like <laughs> second rate version of what i do <laughs> I'm, just, I'm only saying that because i 'm just joking around frankly i 'm already second rate as it is so they're third rate <laughs> i it's it's not that hard it's it's actually become fun and i'm trying to i'm trying to do more um, more things that are i 'm trying to be consistent it's all so it's mm. it's uh We're in new territory here.
2: It's all good. I like it. It's good. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I'm gearing up for a big drive. We're driving back to the UK tomorrow. Whoa. (laughs) So... Uh, so, yeah, so gearing up for that. Um, another six, 16 hours in the car? Another, another 15, 16 hours oh in the car, my yes. Oh, with, are... with three kids in the back. Oh, <laughs> my God. What do you do with them? Uh. Well, they, we've intentionally chosen tomorrow because the kids have a big, um, they call it the carnival. It's like an um, end-of-term party where everybody dresses up. They all go walking through the streets, and everybody's out in the streets clapping them and all that kind of thing. Um, so they're going to be very overexcited and very tired. Um, so we're going straight from school so we pick them up from school the car's packed strap them in and off we go um, and you can drive it night? yes yes yeah that, I find that's the only way to do it with the kids really they'll sleep and um,
1: and you don't fall asleep?
2: Yeah. well obviously not I'm still here well but then you, um,
1: get, you don't get sleepy when, it, when the light, no, lights no well on?
2: I mean it's a lot of preparation so like tonight um, uh, after the show because we'll be finishing here about ten thirty, eleven pm I'll go and have a bath. Uh, my wife is sleeping in a different room with Buddy, the baby. So I'll have a completely free night where I can just sleep. No need to get up in the morning. I'll have a, a long, long lay-in. Spread out. Then... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balls out. And, um, balls out <laughs> completely. And then, yeah, then do the long drive. And then when we get there early on Saturday morning, I'll have Saturday to sleep off again then, you know. So, yeah, so it's a... It's a, it's a t- Preparation of a day and then a um, catch up of sleep another day. So it's a, it's a three day event for me.
1: Really, I'm amazed that you like driving this much. Like I, I did. I, we drove to my my mother and my mother and father in laws. It's 15 mm. hours, and it's like every time we do it, I say to my wife, "We're never doing this again." I mean, this is no, <laughs> this is no way. We're never doing this again.
2: It's easier than flying to be honest with you, with with three kids. And, you know, having to get to the airport that much early and all the rest of it, it's just like, let's just jump in the car and do it. I I really don't mind it. really don't mind it. And how long are you going for? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. So um, a week with um, just seeing family, friends, that kind of thing. And then we're taking a little sort of holiday for a week there as well um, to this sort of... Well, let me know. We'll Marekko and I'll cover for you. No, it's fine. I'm taking my stuff anyway. Okay. It's all good. It's all right. good. Right. You yeah. know how
1: this is. Life talk has turned into a round robin event.
2: <laughs> it seems to be at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So There's always something at the moment, <laughs> but uh, it's all good.
1: So all otherwise, good. you're leaving. and you're all ready to go. Anything new this past week?
2: Or uh, we released a new song for Valentine's Day this oh, week. Let's hear about it. So we just sort of yeah, we just sort of dropped it. So when we recorded, we recorded a few extra songs, and this is one that doesn't really fit on an album. Um, it's a bit of a sort of strange song to fit with other songs and it was called my love and it's very sort of cheesy, romantic-y kind of thing. And we thought, well, let's just drop it, you know, for free on, um, Valentine's day. So we did. And, um, it's been really well received. So yeah, I'm really pleased, really pleased. Did you do anything nice for Valentine's day? We did nothing. Yeah. My wife and I, we had buddy, um, he had one of his nights where he just wouldn't sleep. Mm. Um, so we were just on the sofa watching TV um, yeah, nothing at all.
1: Welcome nothing to the all. middle age.
2: The, I, we Welcome. didn't even get each other cards or yeah, presents or anything. Yeah, we no. did discuss it beforehand, be like, we're not doing anything this year, are we? Right. And normally, I still do anyway because, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I didn't at all, and, and neither did she. So it, it worked out well.
1: It, well. it's so nice to get to a part of a relationship where you can just say you can just let's, let's say let's just cut the shit we don't need to yeah do, you know, <laughs> exactly we you yeah, don't, yeah. We, don't, we, don't we, we need what we know we need I don't want a gift from you I know what needs yeah. to happen and I've gotten to the point now for Christmas, I just gave Hillary a fucking envelope of cash. Like, for fucking,
2: <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like Tony Montana. Yeah,
1: like, like the Sopranos. I give G- my kid sound a, pretty. I, I give my kid a, a fucking envelope, and I give my, my wife an, an envelope, and, and they love it. They think it's so hilarious. They think it's just like uh, Tony Soprano. Like, this yeah. is a little something for you, and a little something for you. <laughs> Amazing. So. Actually, speaking of mobsters, I ever tell you the story? I used to be a uh, I used to be no, I was a co check guy, a co check kid. Yeah. At uh, there's a very famous restaurant in New York called the Rainbow Room. It's not really there anymore. The original Rainbow Room. It's on the top of the GE building, on top of uh, Rockefeller Center. You know where they skate? You know where Jimmy Kimmel records his show? And then downstairs, the New York, the most classic, famous New, uh, New York. View is the skating rink, and yeah. at the top of that—that's in front of Rockefeller Center. So the top of Rockefeller Center is a, is a restaurant called the Rainbow Room, and it's super duper fancy. And I got a job there when I was a kid. I was I was checking coats. And John Gotti—I don't know if you know who John Gotti is. John oh. Gotti is the most infamous mobster in New York. Oh,
2: Gotti, yes, yes, from the from the eighties, yeah, most yeah.
1: in, in the in the nineties. I mean, the most infamous. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, they call him the Teflon Don. That was before Donald Trump, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, but he, I mean, I'm sure they knew each other, frankly. So, you know, Gotti was like the head of head, the boss of bosses and stuff like that. Right, he yeah. would go to the Rainbow Room. And one day I got there, they told me, oh, you just missed, John Gotti was here yesterday. And I was like, oh, I wasn't working yesterday. And I was in college at the time. I was in college at the time? Yeah, I was a freshman in college. And I was working for the Summers. Oh, you just missed, John Gotti was here today. I saw, that would have been wild to see him. And he's like, yeah, you don't know. When, when John Gotti comes to the restaurant, he's got a guy sitting next to him, this t- tall guy. And mm-hmm. the tall guy, all he, the tall guy has to do, has is a wad of money in his, in his hand, like a, like a roll of, of, of money. And mm-hmm. all the waiters and the, you know, uh, maitre d's and everybody would say, would go up and, and say, good evening, Mr. Gotti. How are you, Mr. Gotti? And anytime someone said a thing, How are you, Mr. Gotti? The guy would on the side would just peel off a 20 and hand it to him. Like, no questions asked. (laughs) You could go up to him and say, Good evening, Mr. Gotti. How are you? And the guy's just anybody who says a word to John Gotti, a guy would peel off a deuce. It was unbelievable but it was just like, and then some money. And some, and some of these guys are just like, they're going up to me every five minutes. Would you like some yeah. more water? You're, you need to go to the bathroom? <laughs> what can I do for you, sir? You know, all of a sudden yeah. you, you end up with like a, you know, with a C note. Just yeah. for saying hello. So Like a Greek wedding. Yeah, so that's my goal in life is I want to have a guy next to me just peeling off 20s. Hello, Mr. Vader, how are you? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that would be nice. Very Nice. I have a question <laughs> for you, okay?
2: That I think okay. would be interesting. But if yeah. you want to, you know, whatever you want to do. Okay, let's let's do a sponsor. Then you can, yeah, question me.
0: Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com.
1: So, way, we talk about knife making. We end up mostly the questions that we get are from knife makers who are looking to be better knife makers. There is a lot of questions in regards to the business of knife making. Hmm. And and I think about it all the time and I wonder about like, you know, are we artists? Are we craftsmen? How do you be, how do you add that to business? And I wonder what the amount of self-sabotage, how that affects you or me or our listeners in terms of being the success that they want to be either as a craftsperson or as a business person. So the question is, do you feel as though you, have, you, you self-sabotage yourself for, for, for uh, you know, happiness or success? And, and if you could think about different ways in which you do self-sabotage, I'd be interested to know what you think. Like, give me an example. I'll give you an I'm example. Not, I'm not
2: quite understanding what I, you mean. All
1: right. Self, you know what self sabotage
2: is? I know what self sabotage is. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Like in my mind, I would, if you, if you, you want to be, you want to go to the shop and you want to work, but then I want to, you know, but oh, I can't do that. You, know, you start saying, oh, I, ca- I got to watch TV today. Or, oh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I don't, I can't commit myself to this. Like in my mind, I feel like there's a lot of things. And I feel like self sabotage is almost like this fear of success. Mm. And it's subconscious. It's subconscious. Like, here's an example. Like, uh, I personally think when people write books are closed, it's unconsciously self-sabotaging yourself. I believe, in my heart, it could be, you could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. When you say books are closed, on your, especially on your Instagram profile, you're, you're, you're saying, leave me alone. You're saying stop. No, mm. no entry.
2: It's also a flex as well, I think, isn't it?
1: But regardless if it's a flex or not, you're basically saying no right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I feel as though that might be a version, a, uh, a subconscious version of self-sabotage or the fact that some people don't want to commit to certain opportunities or it might be too big of a job and I'm afraid – or mm. I feel as though because, I mean, most of our listeners are trying to do this as a full-time job. They say full-time, a part-time. None of them ever say it's a career, which I, 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 I'm I very, you know, I feel as though you, me, and Mareko in terms of this podcast, we should have, like, an honorary doctorate and some sort of so- sociology situation. <laughs> like, because I think we have a— we We've have a seen much, them all
2: come and go.
0: It's yeah. been
1: six years, and we heard yeah. all the questions. And if you take all the questions, all the questions, and you kind of— kind of boil them all down there's this sense of i want to do this but i have a lot of fear
2: mm. yes know? yeah yeah no you're right and a lot of and, and i'm just as guilty as as more than anybody probably of excuses right um so when you say self-sabotage as in Oh, well, I've only got an hour. There's there's no way I could do anything. There's, there's no point.
1: Well, there's a million different. Uh, I mean, let's just rattle off some 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 some
2: examples. I mean, it mm.
1: could be you're you're 100 right.
2: Yeah, for me, that it's it's always time, and I can use time as an excuse, and I do quite well um, of of that whole thing. I've, I've got an hour before I need to pick the kids up. Right then oh it's gonna take it's gonna take me 20 minutes to get that right. out it's gonna you know it's like oh what's the point and then you go to bed at night and you think what have I done today it's just like well I had that time and I did nothing but I've just worried the whole time <laughs> you know right and um, whereas whereas, quite often I think if you, it's just a case of right I've got an hour let's just smash out what I can an hour just start do something Um, I think that's my that's my biggest downfall of always being able to find an excuse thing. And I can't do it to what I think would be the best of my ability now. Therefore, I won't even start as opposed to just chipping away each time, you know? Um, And I'm sure many of our listeners are in that situation as well. Uh, Whereas they may have like a full-time job um, and then, you know, we 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 always get that thing of, of when am I ready to become, you know, people have said a full-time right. knife maker, which is, a, which is a strange sort of line in the sand. It's it just is. Like, but if, until you get to that, you're not a full-time maker. And when and when you give up work, you then are. But that doesn't really mean you're producing any more than somebody who isn't, you know? You, you know, you see people like, um, okay, maybe not a knife maker, but like, but like Chris Zep, who works full-time every day, but then he goes off, he does a million things afterwards. Right. He's got a much higher output than, you know, maybe a lot of full-time makers. Um, so that line in the sand of, oh, now I'm a full-time maker, it's, it's, it's a strange label, I think. Um, and I think I've, I've, I've sort of gone off track a bit here. No, 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 you are um, good. Yeah, yeah. But I think time-wise, that whole thing of, unless I dedicate myself to this 100%, it's my full-time thing, I can't do it. Um, and I'm I'm a, a classic example of that. To be honest with you,
1: I feel as though that there's a lot of different. I mean, self sabotage sounds a little bit harsher than it actually is, but mm. I, I do believe that there are a lot of people who, and I, I believe that I actually I believe that we don't live in a white and black world. We're in a gray world. But I like to give myself these very strong opinions and just be honest, like strong Hmm. statements, like self-sabotage. Like I feel as though when people say, when they make excuses, make excuses for why things are not going well. Um, Like here, perfect example. When I was saying that this wasn't working well, I didn't blame, I didn't blame I take responsibility for the fact that I made a, you know, was it a bad decision to do Neptune sunrise and cosmic drift? No, it didn't work. And I take responsibility for it, but I'm not blaming. I'm not making uh, excuses. I I mean, it didn't work and we're heading towards a different direction. And Mm. what I think it, what is interesting is, is in a lot of cases, there's a lot of blame. And I think that there's a lot of, not a lot of self reflection, and I think
2: that there's a lot of excuses making, like you were saying. Yeah, like, and I think maybe not intentional either. By people. no, I see. It's it's almost a protection of you know it's it's protecting their own sort of mentality, really, of just like oh, it didn't work, but there's an out that I, you know, it didn't work because of this.
1: It's it's you know, like you were saying before in terms of ego, you know. Mm. I think that there is this like frag there's a fragility in terms of how we're perceived and stuff like that. But I also believe that self-sabotage isn't a conscious thing. It's completely unconscious. You wouldn't say I'm self-sabotaging myself, but you know, I hear people make excuses for things and when I when when I hear people not Taking responsibility. I mean, personally, I've lived in a, uh, I lived in a household where two major forces in my life refused to take responsibility for anything. Hmm. Like They'd blame everything and everybody f- for decisions that they were involved in, and they would never say, hey, you know what? I fucked up." And okay, and I, I'm 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 very cognizant of the fact that it's there's no there's no uh, shame. And taking responsibility for your actions, and it's gotten to the point where I feel very strongly in regards to I take responsibility for everything. Like right now, mm. we've had terrible weather, and there's been something going on with the post. I never have. I, I'm knocking on wood. I usually never have problems with the post office or the USPS. And I sent a knife out a week ago, over a week ago, a expensive knife, and it has not arrived. And the 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 uh, recipient has been tracking it. I've been tracking it. It's we put a you know a thing in, and, and I and I called the guy and I said, look, I feel terrible about this. Obviously, it's not my fault, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I don't like it, and I take I yeah. can't I don't like to make excuses. I don't like to make excuses for things that are. I don't. I like to take responsibility for this thing and I have no goddamn control over it. So all I could say is, I'm really sorry this is happening. And, and whatever happens, I'll take care of something. You know, whatever happens, I'll take care of it because I feel responsible for it to a certain degree. I feel as though that there's a lot less taking responsibility for action. Here's another good example of self sabotage uh, sometimes being too cheap. Being too cheap with getting equipment. Or being too cheap with, well, I'll just I don't want to spend the money and I'm just gonna, you know, lean into using this machine that's not gonna be more efficient to me just because I just don't want to spend the money. That's self sabotage. Mm. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're in the business and you refuse to if you refuse to spend money be you know, to make your job more efficient,
2: that's self sabotage. Mm. Do you think there's self sabotage of people lacking confidence as well? Um so they'll Maybe not. I wouldn't say push themselves, or they won't. I, th- I think I'll, that I'll it's. A, this.
1: I think that it's an unconscious fear of success. I hmm. think that there's a lot of people who are unprepared for uh, a great deal of success or any type of success, and I think that there are these unconscious decisions people make, and what happens is they don't mean to do it, but they put little their own little roadblocks into what they want in, in in order to find their happiness. I believe that, 100%. Excuses mm. are one of them. Excuses are like the best. A perfect example. The reason why I got the uh, Peloton is I was uh, years
2: ago. You got a Peloton, Jeff.
1: I haven't talked about it in a long time. I'm still on the – you can check me out. Fader Knives on Peloton. I'm still there. I'm still there. I do it – Six to seven days a week. I've given myself once a, once a day off, and it's fine. Hmm. But I thought, I can sit here on the couch, or sit here, sit here on the chair in the morning for half an hour, or I can ride the Peloton. And that, that's that been, I don't make excuses. Hmm. I feel as though there, and I'll be honest. I mean, I'm I self-sabotage myself too. Like sometimes I'm too cheap. And sometimes I could be doing things where I have to figure out ways in which to save money on uh, our consumables. I have to figure out ways in which to keep us all busy. I have to figure out ways in which to make sure the payroll is squared away. And then I'm constantly trying to budget things. And most likely that's self-sabotage as well. Mm.
2: Mm. I've got You're probably the most driven person that I know that's when it true. comes to... Well, from the stories you tell me. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: maybe uh, the stories are, you know, look...
2: But but yeah, I I mean you you seem to have processes and systems and orders um, that you you're relentless with that you you won't deviate from and you you know that's it that's your that's the way you know Um, and I'm the complete opposite of that (laughs) I'm like always changing always deviating always. Yeah, and I'm not not quite sure why, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, per, purely from personality point of view, um, I'd say you are probably the most driven person that I know.
1: Well, you're very kind. It all comes from fear. It all <laughs> comes from fear of being like someone I know. Growing up, where the entitlement was very, someone I know was incredibly entitled, mm. uh, relatively lazy. Uh, not driven, uh, expected things to just hoping and expecting things just to go well, not taking responsibility for their actions and ultimately, you know, being in a position where things could have gone well and they, they're unfortunately not. And my fear is, and ruining relationships. My father was married four times and he didn't take responsibility for his actions in regards to his marriage he didn't work hard to he didn't understand that you have to work hard to marriage it's not you know it's not a relationship is not I love you, you love me, and that's just the way it is there's mm-hmm. work to be done, and I feel as though I've learned a lot from my mother and my father and other people in my family where i'm just like i don't want to be like this person mm-hmm. and I feel as though the times I do well it's always when i'm very organized and if if I'm not organized, I don't do as well as I should so i'm just like i mean. I've said it a million times. I mean, blacksmithing has been the thing that it's the physical manifestation of that uh, ability to execute your own creativity in it with discipline and technique. It's like the it's the it shows you exactly where your mind is. And I'm, my fear, my fear is that a I'm, af- I'm afraid that my wife's gonna leave me because I'm a, a because I'm lazy and. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, this is what happened. This is you want my you want my honest be honest? I'll be honest. I know she won't. My shit is good. But my shit is not my shit is as they say, my shit is too nice. My shit is nice. I'm not worried about that. But at the same time, I don't take her for granted and I don't take anything yeah, yeah. for granted. Because it's like being entitled to, to do things is some bullshit. And it's you can't you can't do it. Otherwise, you know, people walk.
2: Are you the same? at home then so this this ordered way with with business you want to be honest um, and the way you structure things are you the same at home or is it all the focus on the business
1: I there are I am I am sorely I think that if I was my wife and I have a very good relationship we've been together for almost 30 years Hmm. and we enjoy each other we're getting now we just both turned 50 and we prefer we went out for dinner with some friends we had a very nice time but we both had to like Work on being polite and nice because <laughs> we 're so used to just being by ourselves and just you know Yeah, just, yeah um, i'm not i i 'm a bit of a slob at home sometimes, and um, i uh, I could be better around the house however, my wife doesn 't like the way I clean the wife, my wife doesn't like the way I do the laundry the wife doesn 't like the way I do is the that dishes. convenient
2: is that convenient to super you, then? convenient
1: one hundred percent convenient i mean the most convenient the most convenient <laughs> yeah. and it 's like I'm, I, I try to be attentive. I try to be attentive where I can because I just don't want to be that guy. Like, she has to get up really early. I could have easily, I could have easily, you know, she gets up really early. I could sleep and she could just leave in the morning. Mm-hmm. I wake up with her and I make her nice breakfast. I make her make a nice lunch. I've been doing this for like 25 years. Mm. And I and I get the car ready for her. I, I like to make the car straight. I mean, you might call me a pussy, but whatever. I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking thing about the to listeners be doing. who's like, well, no, a okay. you, yeah. know, you know you goddamn <laughs> guys pussy whipped. I'm telling you what I do. And then I, I have this weird superstition where I want her to not back out of the driveway. So I want her car to be facing forward because I think it's very. She works. Mm. With, she has a hard job. I mean, she works with very very sick people. And it's yeah. like the least I can do is try to make it nice for her when she leaves and she wants to
2: come home. You know, you, my dad didn't want to come home. My dad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut you off just a sec. Just a sec. Um, this has never happened before. I'm going to have to cut this out. I really need to go for shit really badly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut this out, by the way. Don't I'm going to cut, cut, cut this out. out. <laughs> Don't cut it out. My stomach has been like, oh, I'll be back. I'll be back as quick as I can. Quick as I can. She wants me to just talk? I can man for a while.
1: Oh, oh, dear listener, dear listener, this has never happened before. Never happened before. But poor Craig is not feeling very well. And that makes me think that we should talk about some of our sponsors. Number one, number, I mean, we, you can't make it up. I mean, we're having a real serious conversation. Hey, Craig. Craig got to go to the bathroom. That's outrageous. Number one is combat abrasives. Combat abrasives, if you go to combatabrasives.com, you put in you put in Knife Talk 15, you get 15% off everything. You hear what I'm saying? You get 15% off all those abrasives. I just got some uh, Scotch-Brite belts. I just got some um, um, special uh, rouges and all that. Polishing compounds for my wheels. It is great. So go to combatabrasives.com. put in the promo code knife talk 15 and you will get 15% off. He's still not back and I'm going to make it happen, guys. I'm going to run through all these motherfuckers because it's not your normal episode fine we were having this nice conversation i was talking about real world things next thing you know i gotta stop because i gotta, gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> my boy gotta open up the oxtail you know what i'm saying <laughs> he gotta open up the oxtail so next are in Dossie, usa and texas ferry supply you can't get better than the red line Ladies and gentlemen, the red line, the Indasa Rhinoet—I mean, this is unbelievable. The Rhinoette from Indasa USA is the best sandpaper on the market. And when you go to Texas Farrier Supply and you put in the promo code Knife Talk Ten, you are going to get all your special specials, all your sandpaper, whatever you want. They have t- tons of other knife making supplies. They have blacksmithing supplies. Go to TexasFarrierSupply.com. Put in the promo code Knife Talk Ten, and you will get everything. You get everything you want, 10% off, okay? Guys, definitely, I'm telling you, I'll give you a little special treat. If you use the uh, disc sander and you're using uh, the red line like I do, get the 320. Go down to the 320 before you hand sand, but you're going to love it. Let's just keep going because my boys, <laughs> my boys, he'll be back. We're going to find out. Let's see if I can run through these motherfuckers. Next are my friends at Maritime Knife Supply. That's maritimeknifesupply.com. It's your one stop shop for knife makers, steel belts, abrasives, handle materials, tools, forges, presses, heat treating ovens, and much, much more. They are the Canadian distributor of combat abrasives. They, are, they also have Rhino they have Rhino Stick, they're the distributor of Damasteel, they are the distributor of Broadbeck Ironworks. They got that gator piss, ladies and gentlemen. They're also going to have that uh, Baker Forge and Tool stuff. Definitely, without question, without question, you're crazy, especially if you're in Canada. If you're in Canada, I can't believe he's still not back. <laughs> I mean, he is taking a dump. but I mean, that's the way it is. So get yourself some of that gator piss over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. I'll make this happen, ladies and you know, gentlemen. You think this is my first rodeo? What do you think this is? go to com and if you get the 10 pack of abrasive belts, uh, you're going to get 10% off. I highly suggest I highly suggest going to maritimeknife And if you're in, if you're in Canada, forget about it. I mean, you're talking you're crazy. You're crazy not to use uh, Maritime Knife supply. If you're in the United States, if you're in the United States, <laughs> I mean, it's getting as fast as you getting anywhere else. I've recently gotten uh, a package from, um, from Lawrence Lake dynamite stuff, dynamite stuff. So definitely get yourself some of that MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. He's still not back, but I mean, it's been like what? Five minutes. Eh, it's going to take a little bit of time. You know what I'm saying? All right. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. Don't you like to take material away from your steel, from your knives your knives, your knives, your nafs, people say nafs. You should, you need to use a grinder, especially if you're going to use the Combat of Braces 2x72 belts. What I would suggest is going to BroadbackGroundworks.com, put in the promo code. Knife talk ten, and you're going to get ten percent off everything. I want to tell you something. Broadback are knife makers, and they are uh, they're great knife makers. And what they do is they make uh, a machine that goes horizontal, vertical. The other part about Broadback is they have great attachments. And if you don't have a Broadback, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but this is unbelievable. He stopped because he had gurgles. It, all right, I'll get back to it. <laughs> I can't believe it. If you cut this out, Craig, it's a huge mistake, a huge mistake. So BroadbeckIronworks.com. put in the promo code Knife Talk 10 for 10% off. Get yourself the adjustable work rest. Get yourself the uh, contact wheels. They just started with this new, um, what kind of, what is that, uh, that, that a rotary platen? Definitely take a look at that. They have the the uh, the surface belt grinder. That thing is sweet. I use it all the time. And uh, definitely go check out Broadback Groundworks. They've been a supporter of this podcast for a long time, and I'm grateful to them because they keep the they keep the they keep the ball rolling. Uh, go to broadbeckironworks.com, put in the promo code Knife Talk ten for ten percent off. And if you and you don't have to be a knife maker, you're a woodworker, sculptor, anytime you're removing material, we got your back. Don't worry about that. Thank you. And uh, if you were to make a knife, I'm going to keep going, guys. This is like, I mean, we were having a real serious conversation. And then now I'm just like vamping. No problem. The one thing I would suggest is if you're in the mood for something special, a steel that will give you lots of razzle-dazzle, it's easy to work with, it it got a lot of boom-bang, and you're interested in getting involved with that stainless Damascus, find yourself in front of the computer and go to damasteel.se that's damasteel damasteel are the makers of well, it's basically stainless damascus this is the future this is the future of knife making stainless damascus and if you go to damasteel.se and you put in the promo code knife talk 10 you will get 10% off all the different uh pattern welded steels that they make they're a really amazing patterns uh the etching is very easy to do. The heat treating is very to do. If you can, if you're set up to do, um, if you're set up to do AEBL, then you will be easy. You, it's just the same as AEBL. And not to mention, if you go to the Damacyl website, they have uh, all the different heat treating systems. They have everything you want in order to uh, figure out exactly what you need to do um, to make a beautiful knife. And it's awesome. So definitely go check out damasil.SE Put in the promo code talk 10 for 10% off. They also have it at Maritime Knife Supply uh, if you're looking to uh, check out what's going on. Uh, and they have different sizes and different shapes. And I, I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was surprised at how easy it was to use. Um, I believe that it is going to be the future uh, for knife making because there it's it comes annealed so you don't have to worry about it too much. They have different patterns. You can get the damascus the Damasteel. steel. I used it, uh, and we will definitely be back for the Damasteel steel invitational this coming year. I'm very excited about that, and uh, we're holding it down, ladies and gentlemen. I ain't afraid. There's no editing
2: involved. You ain't gonna do any editing. When you've been around, we've been away. I am. I'm. Ta- I need to take that out. All Jeez. of it. I think- I, I did think a I just good dropped job. A dress size.
1: <laughs> I've been all I got to do now is the knife print ad- ads. It's good. Oh, there you go.
2: There I've been go. Uh, you
1: how you feeling? You feeling okay?
2: I'm okay. I think I just dropped a dress size, um, but um... <laughs>
1: that was the that was without question. I, we were having this very serious conversation, and I thought you were going to tell me something incredibly serious, and it was incredibly <laughs>
2: serious. <laughs> For five minutes beforehand, I've been sweating. I've been like man i need to go i need to go i can't stop him yet. i can't stop him yet but uh, yeah and anyway moving on should we get on with some questions do you think whatever you
1: want all we have
2: to do now if you want if you don't
1: want to do any editing i i kept i kept it going nice and easy Are you sure 100 percent. i didn't fuck around okay i didn't fuck okay. around at all but all we have to do is a knife print out. i got, I'm, I'm all down to eye prints i mean i was laughing a little bit but i didn't i didn't beat your brakes in i mean I, obviously i felt bad for your tummy It was funny because we were having this real conversation about like, I was telling you about my, you know, my, you know, the marriage and everything like that. Next thing you know, it's just like,
2: you gotta, you gotta open
1: up that oxtail. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let's change the subject. (laughs) Right. Questions. Um, If you've got a question for us, we are knife talk podcast on Instagram. Um, Send, send them along and we can add them to our (laughs) list. This first one is from Kyle Furlman. Um, I also appreciate Jeff's art school lessons, and in that vein, do you use certain ratios or proportions in designing your work, or is it all by eye? Is the golden ratio overrated? <laughs> Thank you. Can I start? Please, um, go ahead. Fuck yes. You can see the golden ratio in anything if you try hard enough. Um, yeah, in in anything. Um, so... Um uh, is it by eye? It needs to be pleasing by eye. Uh, but sometimes a little bit of maths can be involved. Um, but, um, yeah, don't subscribe to this. It needs to be in the, those exact proportions. Um, otherwise everything would just be really, really boring. Wouldn't it? You I, know? I didn't know about the Fibonacci sequence
1: or the golden ratio it's until, sp- until I, bollocks. S- you think it's bollocks?
2: Yes, completely, completely. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it may be pleasing to the eye um but it's that's just just conforming and i think it, you know the world needs more than just conform conforming really doesn't it you know
1: it, it, what's interesting is is i know that uh Peter Johnson is a very famous bladesmith and he teaches sword sword making. One of the mm-hmm. best sword making teachers in the United States. And when you see pictures from his classes, I think it's I think it's Peter Johnson. I'm pretty 100% sure it's Peter Johnson. If you see the if you see the people he has his class I don't think you could just show up. You got to be yeah, like yeah. a fucking dog. You got to be a bad motherfucker and so you'll see these pictures of the class and it's like Matt Parkinson and Greg Sims and Nick Angier and 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 just like a bunch of bad motherfuckers. Nick Rossi's Tough in there Top level stuff Oh dude yeah, yeah. it's like the fucking and when he teaches sword making and um, he teaches sword making it's all like ratios it's all like the way that the the swords are developed it's all ratios it's all math and they they design these these swords with like compasses and there are true scales in regards to how these classic swords are made so i mean there's something to it 100 percent. i think i mean i
2: mean what they're doing there they're trying to recreate something though obviously
1: well i mean that's how they were that's how swords were made i mean they were made yes, with the yeah. like, compasses and ratios and a t- shit ton of math and it was like you know and i remember when i took classes with uri Hoffee, and he used to talk about the golden ratio all the time the way a spiral is is the mm-hmm. golden ratio. Uh, now, the funny thing is, I once heard that you could get a golden ratio, like a, like a... Uh, you know one of those pull-apart things that it opens up, and it's like an accordion? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you, Oh, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. There's yeah, like, yeah. apparently, there may be like an accordion-style... Uh, Lawrence Lake of uh, Maritime Knife Supply. If you don't have these golden ratio uh, compasses, that, that's what, for you. And I was looking online, and the only ones I could find where you open it up, and it automatically, as it opens, it keeps the, within the the you know the scale of the golden ratio. It's for mm. eyebrow like design. Like <laughs> oh, the the eyebrow guys. people have <laughs> this like the golden ratio situation going on. Um, I don't really have uh, – I don't use math at all mm. uh, when it comes to design. Um, it just took a long time to get where I thought everything was pleasing to the eye. I mean, some of the things I make mm, aren't yeah. pleasing to the eye. Some of the things are a little stunted and stuff like that. But I definitely look at – when I look down – I like there's some of the decisions I make – and he, here's something that I've thought of for a long time. And I don't know if people believe me, but we talk about belt finish versus satin finish. And I believe that um, my knives with the satin finish where the scratch lines are going from the heel to the tip look better on my knives because you, you inadvertently, your eyes led down the length of the yeah, knife. Yeah, they drew the your
2: along the length, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And if there's a belt finish from going, you know, scratch lines are from the, from the spine to yeah. the edge, you don't really, you can't get any of it. It just sto- it stops you. And the only person it works for is Tomer Bodner and Florentine Kitchen Knives. And I was trying to figure out why it works for his knives. And then I because realized— he
2: has the stacked handles right. with, those, That's with right. those same lines. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the stacked handle, the lines are going in the same direction as the scratch, as the belt finish. And it doesn't stop your eye at
2: all. Hmm. So hmm. I believe
1: that I think- there is something
2: to that. There, I mean there is something to it i mean pre you know pre knife stuff I was you know a des- a, you know designer on screen basically that's what that's what I was doing for years right. and um you know any software that you use and everything will sort of snap into position so everything's you know perfectly perfectly right um and I just think some you know generally that that's the way to go but sometimes you look at things and it's just it just doesn't seem right it's almost it's almost it's like that you know, that uncanny valley when you look at something and it's just something's not quite right there. What's what's going on? Um, and I think it may be because it's too perfect, or it's too mathematical, or you know, if if you've got converging lines, and let, let, a good example is a pin on a handle. So you've got two okay. pins on your on your on your on your on your scales. Right. Um, generally, you want those pins to be halfway between the um, the top and the bottom. Right. You know. Um, so where you, where you put your, your hands under and and the spine. Um, but if you've got a, a knife where the handles are – they're not parallel with each other. Um, so it's let's say it's straight, but they're not parallel, so there's an angle. If you put them both in the middle then, it just doesn't look right. What you want want to do then is put them in line with each other. Um, right, so right. I know what you're saying. I know exactly yeah, what you're yeah. saying. So, you know, so sometimes it's not – you know, it's not as simple as just, you know, that's the rule. Go by that rule. Sometimes you just need to look at it and say, well, that clearly isn't isn't right. So, yeah, I mean, there are things such as the Golden Ratio and the Fibonacci and all those kinds of things, but you just think that I think you could use them as guides, you know, and, if, and from that point on, have a little play around and, and see what else you could find. But, um, yeah, don't be one of those people who just, you know, takes a rule and just everything needs to be by the rule because we'd all be making exactly the same thing if that was the case.
1: When I was in um, doing art classes, it, everything was intention. And if you made something that was kind of intentionally uneasy, you know, that didn't go mm. by the Fibonacci sequence, it didn't go with the golden rule, it just didn't look, what a lot of people think is something that looks beautiful. Something that something that has tension in it, you know, maybe it's mm. maybe it's the way it's painted is weighted to one side, strange, or it's intentionally meant to make you feel uncomfortable. You know, yeah. there is something to that in regards to art. But yeah, the, the, the yeah, funny yeah. thing is, is one time somebody said, I, I said, somebody said to me, it's "Asymmetrical handles, you can't make asymmetrical handles on knives. Everything's got to be it's got to be uniform. Like both sides got to be the same." And I was just like, "Fuck you! you Don't tell me what I have to do." I'm, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm spite is my spite is my girlfriend. Spite (laughs) is like my mistress. Like I fucking do spa do everything for spite. And I was just like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do, I'm not, I'm gonna do, asymmetrical up the wazoo." And I I, for a long time, and still to this day, I like asymmetrical. I I like Hmm. it being. You know, so no, you did the pins on your scales. I do the pins you? on one it's, side, yes. or you know, I yeah. now when I do my stripes, I only do one side, and a lot of it's because I don't. I want there to be a conversation between both sides. Like I don't want it to be just mm. like they're the same on both sides. I want there to be this like, you know, it's not just a mirror image of the other side. It's like you, there's a front and a back, but there's also a left and a right, and you know, I want them to all have a different relationship. Like now, I yeah. can't even do. Yeah, I can't do a blue handle with nothing on it. Hmm. One side's got to get something. Is, hmm. I can't help myself. And is yeah. that part of the golden ratio? Probably not. But it's like also it, when it comes to it, down to it, sometimes it's nice to make people feel a little uncomfortable. Frankly,
2: hmm. I mean, I've done it. I th- I think humans want things to sort of resolve. Um, Some humans, so, you know, yeah. So like things like symmetry, uh, pleasing. Um, but, you know, we all heard that thing, you know, the most beautiful faces are perfectly symmetrical, and I, I don't subscribe to any of that. But, but generally, that's what humans want. They want things to resolve. And even when it comes to music, then, I mean, if you play a certain chord sequence, if you finish on the wrong chord, it's, it's just jarring. And you just think it needs, you know, it needs that extra one. And it's playing by the rules, but it's just, I don't know, if, if it's taken, t- you know, to the letter every time, things can be quite, quite, quite boring.
1: But yeah, exactly. And then a little bit of subversion. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes people want to say "fuck you," and it's like, yeah. I mean, that's punk. Punk music is is all yeah. completely like. I don't want to sound like, you know, Pavarotti. I don't want to. that was a terrible analogy, but I mean, I don't want to have a beautiful voice. I mean, Mick Jagger is a terrible voice. He sounds mm-hmm. terrible. He says he's not. He does not have a beautiful voice. But it's like he made it work. Not as bad as Dylan no eh oh hey, hey? dude. We, so, we all right so we got to talk about Bevo and we got to talk about Bob D- I mean maybe we talked about Bob Dylan before right?
2: <laughs> we did last week I think we talked about the documentary right, that we right, wrote. Right, yes right. I think so
1: yeah well that was interesting that was kind of a I like that oh by the way ladies and germs if you have the chance you want to send me send us in go to knife talk podcast on Instagram you can send us your questions we have listener feedback we have red flags and if you want to send in what you think is
0: self-sabotage go ahead be be, be uh, self-
1: It in Uh, the next Hmm. one comes from Bayard Knives. Bayard Knives. Question for knife talk Is there an ideal thickness for aluminum quench plates? The majority of blades I made are between an eighth of an inch and three sixteenths of an inch. Thanks for all the all you guys do. You know what an eighth and a three sixteenths
2: is? Um, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, ish, ish. Um, so yes, three ish, ish. Um, ideal thickness, um. You probably couldn't go too thick, but I'd say there's a minimum that you'd need. Um, mine are, I think mine are three quarters of an inch uh, thick. Yeah, um, But I think I, I probably wouldn't go, want to go any less. Um, but it depends. If you're just doing one knife at a time, um, I'd imagine that three quarters of an inch is fine. If you're doing multiple knives, um, you probably want either more plates is probably the better shot to go with as opposed to just thicker plates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe not an ideal. But I I'd, personally, from my own experience, three quarters of an inch is is uh, good enough.
1: I th- it, what's interesting is is the mindset should be like: How c- am I am I am I dispersing? Am I you know uh, heat sink? Am I is the heat sink working? Are the aluminum plates mm. working? So more mass you have, the more chance you have of um, really dropping the the rate of the heat in the knife. And then what that does is that converts the austenite into martensite. So I think that the most important part is I, the first set of plates I had, I went to a scrap yard and I just, I had half inch plates, which I still have. They would get on a, you know, on an eighth inch knife, they would get super duper hot. And I felt as though I wasn't completely quenching as well as I could. And there were some knives, even stainless steel, where I, I saw I saw I saw that there was some cloudy spots, which makes me think that there was some unconverted austenite. I went back to the scrapyard, and a lot, the best thing you can do is to go to a scrapyard and look around for aluminum plates. And a lot of times you'll see blocks, and that's what you want to do. Is all you really need is blocks that are the exact, you know, I you know if my if I know that my knives are 15 inches um all day and i see a 30 inch <laughs> block of steel that's like you know three quarters inch just like what uh craig said i'm getting it you know and, and it's mm-hmm. like the more you have the better it is i know that our friend uh, uh brian house s- brian house sent me the rapid quench w- w- rapid quench plate system and it's awesome and he's got uh, it's, he routed out holes and he's, he sticks, sticks to your, your compressor and then it shoots air inside and they're dynamite and they're three quarters of an inch thick and the three quarter of an inch thick, it's definitely holds that heat. That aluminum holds that heat. And if you're using, I mean, three sixteenths of an inch is a thick blade uh, to, to, to quench. You want to make sure you have tons of you have tons of material, so like Craig was saying, have multiple sets of plates. And what I used to do is I used to have a bucket of water next to it, and then after I quenched one and I would have a couple sets of plates, I would dump, them all, dump the plates in the water just to kind of cool them down.
2: Cool them back down again, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. if they're 700 degrees, that doesn't help you at all. Yeah, yeah. It always amazes me how efficient they are. Yeah. an aluminium plate quench it's just like what to so take that all of that heat and it just sucks away so so quickly um yeah it, it always does amaze me that the the
1: only thing that drives me crazy is i get warps on when i'm doing long 16th inch steel like i get warps on them mm. and i have to like really get it down below a certain temperature and then rip that rip the foil off in time so i can straighten it before it all converts over to martensite. that is something because sometimes the shim tempering definitely takes a lot longer than I'm expecting. So,
2: okay, okay. Uh, Bingo Kindel um, asks any trip and any tricks rather on getting oxides to stop coming off etched blades. I've washed multiple times with soap and water, waxed it, and I'm still having black come off. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming he's using carbon blades, carbon steel blades, yeah. and um, he's still finding that you know that that blackness. Um, classic example is cutting into a lemon and just seeing you know the black on the lemon just because it's so acidic. Um, any tricks, Jeff?
1: Uh, well, he, here's the, here's the thing: is the I I don't <clears throat> when I if I'm when I'm doing Damascus and I know we should save this one for Morocco, but he ain't here, so we're gonna answer. We started in with it, so we're gonna end with it the the i always want to scrub the oxides off and what i'm noticing is when i do a coffee etch the stain is is not oxides so it doesn't i don't i believe that it is not oxides it's the stain and I, and honestly in my mind i'm thinking the coffee etch is kind of like you're kind of coffee staining it to a certain degree like i'm not 100% mm. sure what it is um, i have a much better when i uh, etch a knife if I'm using gator piss or whatever. Um, I'll scrub it down and get all the oxides off with, uh, like 2000 grit or something like that. And then I'll put in the coffee and I'll know, I notice when I do after the coffee etch, if I wash it off without scrubbing it and then I hit it with some, some sort of wax and I hit it with the, uh, the, um, the heat gun and then i wipe it off basically what you do is you follow the uh the neil camimora video on youtube neil did a great job on etching and finishing i don't feel like it's coming off as much and especially if i i do i started to do it the way he does it and that's um that's the you're not best.
2: using any sort of neutralizer or something. oh yeah 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 After i use a neutralizer with right, a little okay, windex
1: yeah. or something or but yeah. not i don't use i don't use a neutralizer with the coffee etch i mean i just Okay. Just wash it off the water. And um, maybe a little bit of soap. A little soap. I'm trying to think if I do a little soap. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the coffee, I do a little soap. I don't really fuck around with, with the Windex too much. And I try not to rub it off so much because I feel like, yeah, you, you can't. But however, you you, you do want to get off something. You do want to get off something. And I know some people, I know with um, with Gator Piss, you're After you etch with gator piss, they suggest that you hit it with WD forty and let it sit for you know, overnight. But I'm not 100 percent sure that that's. I mean, for that's not food safe. Obviously, WD forty isn't food safe. You know, we'll, we'll set we'll set this aside for Morocco and then we'll. uh Yeah, I'll. will We'll see what he has to say. But I mean.
2: You know. Yeah. So from what I can gather, the the neutralizing. I mean. I'd always use bicarbonate of soda to yeah. you know, mix that with water. And what that will do, it'll stop any further etching happening. Um, it doesn't necessarily stop, you know, wash off the oxides that are there. I think it just neutralizes the acid that you've used. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it doesn't actually clean or but remove anything. I'm not sure that when you do the coffee etch that that's oxides. Mm. I, mean, I might be it wrong. It could just be
1: the stain of the coffee. Right, I okay. might be wrong. Yeah. I might be 100% wrong. You know, it's, I know it's acidic. But I don't think it's car. I don't think it's it's oxides. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when. Don't send us a message. We'll, we'll ask. I'll save this for Morocco. This will be the first question when Moreco comes. Gotcha. This one comes from S B G Knives. <clears throat> Hi, from Canada's smallest province. Quick question: If someone orders a knife and you finish it and notify them it's complete, how long do you give them to pay before you sell it to someone else? Have a great weekend evening, fellas. Evening slash weekend, fellas. So what's your rule of thumb?
2: If it's complete and you contacted them, um, and they haven't paid anything yet at all. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we've had this question like in a number of oh. different ways before where people have been ghosted and all the rest of it. Um, you just, you just try your best. You, you, you know, you'd want to be one of those people who are like emailing like every day, but you know, you send an email and then if maybe four or five days down the line, you don't, you don't get a response maybe just try again and personally if you wouldn't get a response again do a bit of investigating see if you can find them on socials and all that kind of thing and maybe email try and contact them that way um but yeah if it's you know if a month has gone you've tried multiple ways and they haven't paid anything such as deposits and stuff and if this this knife has a value i, I, I you know i i would send just one last email explaining like if i don't hear back from you with a cut-off date um you know it'll enter into stock um i think that'd be the fair thing to do um but yeah i mean you could go the other way by badgering them you could they could just say oh fuck you about you know and they'd be out anyway um but yeah just take it easy you know we we need email to, we, four or five days later another email maybe another and if you don't hear back maybe try and find them in in some other way and then just give them the ultimatum of you know this with this will stock if i don't hear back by x date
1: Tony used to refer to that as giving it a, giving, give it a beat as in like, Mm. don't go, just give it a couple days, give it a couple days. Now the the one thing is, and I I still, I still like boggles the mind that there are, and when we first started this podcast, there was a real conversation. And I remember even in blade magazine, there was like do's and don'ts of knife making. And it was like this master bladesmith said, never take money up front. There's no other business in the world where you're doing something custom where you don't take it a deposit. Mm. There's no other business in the world. I'm working with a with a guy who is a very famous chef. He wanted me to do something. I figured, don't worry about it. And he still hasn't. It's been two years. I'm holding onto the knife, and he still hasn't paid. He still hasn't picked it up. It's like there's no other business in the world, you know, for custom stuff where you don't get a deposit if you're doing custom. Like if you're doing, like I said, if you if you're doing construction, you got a sheetrock guy. You got to pay a deposit. Doesn't just like do the whole. You're building a house. You don't pay them at the end for everything. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you
2: know. Yeah. I mean, what all on trust till the very last day? What custom
1: yeah. work? What custom work? Do you pay at the? Would you pay all that at the end? Like mm. there isn't. You know, I can't think of any. Every business where you're doing something custom or you're doing something for someone specific, there's a there's a fucking unless you have like a leg breaker. There's a. There's a deposit at the front. So you got to stop this whole, you know, these knife makers. And I, th- I believe, honestly, in terms of self-sabotage, I believe that there's a lot of guys who don't take customs or they don't take money up front because they don't trust themselves to be able to finish and follow through. Like that's mm-hmm. a, a – it's hard to hear, but I believe that that is something that a lot of guys are afraid to do because they just don't trust themselves to kind of follow through. At some point, you just have to have a basic rule. Like, I don't touch shit until you give me a couple bucks. Because we go down... I mean, Allison and I go down the road with all these guys, and we hear every story in the book. And it's like, it's taken me... And this actually would lead us great into doing some red flags. It becomes a point where it's a red flag to you that you've gone through this. It's too much work. It's too much energy. And I'm not going to go through this again. Because... It's just too much. Your, your time, too much. Of your time is being wasted, and your energy, and your money, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. People are animals.
2: Yep. So that. Yep. So, the, go ahead. Sorry, we'll do one more. Then we'll head off to um, some red flags. Okay. Um, just because this next one references you, actually. Oh, uh, so this is from the blade maker. Oh boy. Um, I got a question. Is it just me, or do some of these, and I think it's Miyabi or Shun knives, seem unscratchable? Is it just the steel they use? Um, I took a look at mine and at Mr. Fader's, uh, both made of the same steel, and they all get scratched up from use. But these Mayabi and Knives ones aren't scratched up as much. Hmm. Is there a difference between scratching and scuffing? Mm, yeah, I'd say so. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know, man. I, I don't know how these businesses use I don't know how they do their business I don't know how you not get scratches on your knives like I I get every so often I'll get a knife back like I recently got a knife I just fixed a woman uh, had uh, broke the tip off and she had the knife for a number of months and she broke the tip off she did something you know whatever she asked me you fix it I'm like definitely send it in and I looked at it the edge was not bad I was surprised we're talking like you know maybe six months or whatever the edge was and she would use it every day and I was looking for telltale wear, and I didn't really find a lot of wear. And it was because I was using 440C, which is very scratch resistant. I also believe that the way you grind your knives has a lot, of, lot to do with that. Like if you're one of these guys who does 60 grit and quit, you know, have you ever heard that expression? 60 grit yeah, and quit. Yeah. I think when you have high scratches like where big valleys and big peaks and valleys, you're going to see scratches more. I think that when you hand sand, also people the way people wipe their knives, I think you're going to see less scratches too. I think the belt finish makes you get more scratch. You see the scratches more easily because you're wiping it from heel to the tip. In regards to these other companies, I don't know. I, I always think that most of these companies uh, have much lower um,
2: Rockwell on their knives anyway. Um, yeah, like yeah. fifty four I mean, rock. they may be, they may be getting their own sort of steel made as well. That that's slightly different, you know, high levels of chromium or something like that. You know, you you don't know, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if it's exactly the same steel, um, it all then just comes to hardness. Surely, you know um and as we know that's always a trade-off of that's you know, i mean being too brittle too soft whatever we stopped
1: with 440c just because the labor's too much and i'm not getting i'm not i mean the, the 440c which is if you're if you're getting into stainless steel it's really easy to heat treat but it's hard as shit and it's hot and it's hard and it's hard on your abrasives it's a bitch to hand sand and the juice just wasn't worth the squeeze in terms of passing on any savings so we switched over to AEBL. I'm not seeing a lot of. I'm I have my I have some a, a lot of AEBL for my knives. I use only my knives now, and I, I'm not noticing as much scratches. And I'm still at 59, 60 Rockwell with all of them, uh, pretty consistently. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how these guys do it. There you go. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's take some red flags now. All
1: right, so you know the last question was, we, we get a lot of... I, I, the red flags are interesting, and we did these a number of months ago. We still have them from a while ago. So a red flag is something that your experience tells you, okay, I know what's going to happen next, and then hopefully your experience of these red flags kind of like prevents you from... Like when you see a pothole, you're driving on the road, you see a pothole, you know what's going to happen if you hit the pothole with the car. Well, there's a red flag when you see it. So you try to swerve. So we're trying to basically swerve potholes with a red flag. So this one comes from our friend. And if you want to send us anything, you want to send us red flags, you want to send us any listener feedback, any questions, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. We're pretty active there. Uh, Wilder Knives of Alaska says, I had a red flag missed. Man, did I ever get bamboozled. This guy... Uh, he said uh, he's a red. This was a red flag. Man, did I ever get bamboozled! This guy that said he was new to knife making had some questions about materials and if he and if he could uh, buy them. He was nice enough guy, uh, and I thought I'd help him out. He bought the uh, kit. He bought these kit knife tie swords, and wasn't really wanting to make a knife, but out of the source of all the components, he wanted to put together to make it real nice. So, basically, this is a bullshit guy. He was a talker he had be He had me verbally pinned down in my shop for a while uh i 'm with you didn't work with him then he uh, then he <laughs> said um, i'm trying not to break the bank and that 's when the talk starts. He starts telling me about these knife makers and they're selling their their, their they must be selling their arrogance along with their knife for the price that they want eventually he says. Uh, I better get going. It was great to meet you. I can't wait to collaborate with you. Then he leaves. I'm not sure what he was collaborating with, but I'm praying he doesn't show up again. P.S. <laughs> I'm not sorry how long this is. It could have been longer. <laughs> so God bless you, Wilder. And I have to ask. So, you know, those guys who come in and they talk, they talk about, yeah. you know, that's a, always, a, somebody comes in your shop and then they just like look around and they just talk about other people and they're maybe that they're, Shit talking other people, or yeah, that's a red flag. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any red flags offhand you can think of?
2: Um, generally, emails coming in um, where there's been no care in the email. They're just like, literally, um, I want this knife. Um, can you make it for me? How much would this cost? Um. There's no reference to your work. It the, the the style of knife probably isn't what you do anyway. That's just like a massive red flag. Because you know what they've done? They've just gone on Instagram, found as many makers they can, and they're just firing out this email. And it's coming down to cost, you know. But you know what's um, interesting about what you just said? I, what? Keep going. Yeah. Is there anything else you want? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that, that's pretty much it. You, you can tell by the email straight away sometimes. You know, it's just like, oh. Whereas you get other emails saying, oh, I've seen this knife on your website. I really like this bit about it and I like that bit. Could you make something similar? Which is, but that that that's quite a, you know, you, you'd read that and you think, okay, this is a genuine customer. Um, but yeah, if there, if there's some sort of mad fucking warrior knife, um, you know, that, that I've never made before in my life. And it's literally, how much would this cost? You know, you're just like, ah, come
1: on. I tell you what—it's interesting you say that because I honestly felt the exact opposite. Because uh, last year Allison had this guy, and he and she and he was just like sweet talking her, and he wanted to do a thousand steak knives, and he wanted my design, and, he, and we and she was like, this could be a really good. And obviously, she gets a little commission, which is we're, we're for and stuff like that. But he, the way she would talk with this guy, she'd email and then she'd talk on the phone. I started to ask her more questions about the what is he, what is he saying what is he saying and then she's and she's like oh he's they're talking about how much money they have to spend and all the different things that they're doing and they're talking about all the and and all I could think of is I said Allison I'm getting red flags all over the place and she goes why and I said because the guys who are opening up a restaurant they're not worrying about you know 75,000 of steak knives like they're not, this is, shouldn't be the, the biggest part of that. This shouldn't be the most important part of this business. So what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, if they're building a restaurant, they're not worried about, I mean, this is not the least of the worries. So I would think, and I had a professional chef, a really, really famous one. He texted me and he says, I like these. How fast can you, what's the price and how fast can you get them? Like to me, that is when you're in business and you're trying to you know do something, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear, you want to hear someone who's just like, I don't have time for the, the bullshit. I don't want you to feel a certain way about me. I don't want you to be impressed by what I do. I want to know what's the price and how fast can I get them? So, like, I would be more interested in a guy who says it like that. He doesn't have time to fuck around. Like, to me, that would be more and more uh, really? believable. Is
2: that, is that what you find when emails come in? That the ones where they're just direct and all straight to cost, what, what's cost? You, you generally think they It be- depends. I mean, it depends on what it is, you know, like I, you know, if, if, if,
1: if, when I was a project manager for Charlie Palmer, I was helping build restaurants. I was also in charge of like, you know, helping get, you know, whatever, let's just say the, you know, the letter I had, there was so much stuff I had to get. I didn't have time to fucking make nice talk with a young girl on the phone, you know, like I needed results. So to me, yeah. like getting, I would rather someone say, Hey, listen, I, I want to get uh 10 uh, K tips, uh, what's the price and what's the lead time? That, to me, is more believable than, oh, I've Yeah, a, I think
2: if they say a million dollars, like that, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, you know yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I can't talk right now. And that was the other thing. So this guy, he, you know, and I wanted it to work, but I said to Allison every time, I'm like, I, the red flags go up all the time. He's talking about yeah. this, and I'll get back to you, and they're having half an hour phone conversa- conversations. I'm just like... Yeah. I mean, this isn't. I feel, but I wanted it to. I wanted it to be a learning experience too, because it was just like this is what we know. And she's she's been amazing. And Allison is like one yeah. of my favorites, and she's just fantastic. But yeah. she well, didn't listen, know.
2: if Allison is listening, I've been down that path as well. So it was probably about two or three years ago, and I, I think I talked about on the show where um a, you know a, a celebrity chef in the UK right. was opening up a new restaurant, well, a chain of restaurants, um, but one in in manchester specifically somebody contacted me from there and they said you know they've seen my knives at the other restaurants and they you know they, they'd like me to make these knives and they got an idea of what they want um and i said well but well, i'm in france but i said i'm over to the uk quite often i could come over and They're like, got oh, any chance you could make a prototype and i'm like oh shit okay i did and i ended up flying over to manchester specifically with this prototype to see them just you know just four or five days later um so you know there's flights right. there's travel there's hotels that's been away from the family. Um, and, you know, you get there and he, they look at the it and then they're great. Um, so then, you know, you fly back. You know, no deal is done. Right. You fly home. Then you get the email saying, okay, well, we've got a few knives to look at now. And I'm just like, you fuckers. I, yeah, I, and it was completely my yeah. fault for not validating them. It was, the, you know, it, I wasn't speaking to the decision maker, whereas, you know, I, I certainly should have been. And that was a massive lesson to learn. But it happens to all of us because. You know, you hear that, you know, as much as everybody says, oh, you know, work with celebrity chefs and that, you do. Because it's a bit of an ego kick as right. well. And you think, you know, if more and more people see my knives, maybe that's going to, you know, that's going to open more and more doors for me. I just completely fell down that trap, completely fell down there. And um, I, I, I left them with that prototype too. So this guy has probably got a bunch of knives from right. other makers as well, you know. And I doubt, it, I doubt they, they place the order with anybody. And I just think, yeah, I was led by ego right. and by the hope of something being, you know, a huge order. Um, whereas I've worked with other restaurants. And like you said, they're, they're a lot more sort of direct. Um, but yeah, but I, th- I think the problem is when you're working, when you when it's a single person um, and, you know, there's this one knife they want that, that they've always dreamed about. Um, so that that's what I was referring to when you get that message saying, "You know, I want this." Oh yeah to yeah, yeah If it's a restaurant, it's slightly different because yeah, that whole you know your turnaround times and that is quite important.
1: If somebody sends if, you a picture of something that you clearly don't do, and they yes, that's a that's, yeah, that's yeah. always the red flag. You know, it's just like yeah yeah, they're looking for a break on something. I mean, I think red yes. flags. I, I think that your story is excellent because you'll it'll, it won't happen again. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. that's what exactly. you're hoping yeah, for yeah. is that you have this terrible experience and it won't happen again. But I yeah, feel as though yeah. we get, like I said, we deserve some type of doctorate. I think, I think mm. we learn. I think we have more of a sociological idea of most of these knife makers than 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 most people do. It's just we've heard, have seen the question, and we even talk about. We've gotten this question a lot. Well, there's a lot of guys. A lot of guys with the same question. The red mm. flags are great because you have to be able to remember them and then they never happen again so the guy i'll tell you the guy who contacted me he's one of the best italian chefs in the country he does italian food his name's mark vetri he's an awesome chef really mm-hmm. awesome out of philly one of the best he he and i've done business before uh, a little bit and then we uh, guess one night i get a text from him is hey it's mark i need steak knives for the steakhouse uh what's the price don't screw me and what's the lead time and I was like, fuck this guy. But then I was just like, you know what? I respect that. Don't screw me he was great. <laughs> like I was just like, <laughs> you know, I, I knew who he was. We'd done stuff before. He he was direct and to the point. And I respect that mm. more than I just... I mean, this guy with, with Allison, he was just trying to wine and diner, really. And, and it was like, you know, talking about like, oh, you have no idea. We just have... The owner has too much money to spend. It was just like, don't tell me that <laughs> shit.
2: You know, I've had, I've had a very similar one as well. And I know a number of our listeners was also contacted by the same guy. Um, and he was, I don't know how true it was, but he was claiming um, in a Disney resort, this big, this big celebrity chef oh, yeah. was going to be opening up a huge restaurant. And I think he contacted quite a few. Jonathan of us, Porter. The
1: he, he, Jonathan Porter listened to this. He yes. To I remember Porter got yes, the same guy. Was, yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 And um, again, could you send me a prototype and all the rest of it? And this guy clearly didn't place an order with anybody. Um, but I think he hoodwinked quite a few people. Yeah. But
1: that's, that's, in the restaurant game, that's kind of standard operating procedure. Like getting free mm. shit, if it's free, it's for me and I'll take three, is kind of like not really, you know, not mm. abnormal you know and, yeah. and a lot of these people when they reach out to guys like you and me and, or whoever they just assume that we're big companies they don't realize that mm. they were just like yeah, you know yeah. we're just dudes in a shop trying to make it happen um, yeah. they yeah. don't have any idea nor that they care uh, this yeah. one comes from Jmod knives Jmod F- knives has a good red flag anytime someone hit me uh, hits me up and says i'd love to get a knife off you they 'd be super cool in my outdoor bushcraft slash cooking videos on YouTube for some reason they always think they were going they're going get a knife for free because they have two hundred followers on youtube yeah, yeah those yeah. those fucking collaboration knife nah, nah, those collaboration chef guys I mean that you know l- l- give, send me a knife and I'll review it on my you know, oh my god yeah I've had plenty of <laughs> oh money. yes, you have I remember you had a good one too you had one that you thought was going to be real good, and they were like. That was a couple years ago, right? Which
2: one was that? I've, I've had loads. Oh, no, but you, oh, I thought loads.
1: you had one that was going to be a big deal. And then they just, it was like some bullshit. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I'll be vague because yeah. I don't know if you even want to talk about it, but I think that that, <laughs> and we've had, we've done, yeah, I was supposed to do, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I was supposed to do a collaboration with this pasta woman and I'm going to call her the pasta woman. And we,
2: Oh, I know the one. <laughs> yeah, the pasta woman,
1: and she's a royal. She, uh, yeah. we couldn't get her on the phone. We had, we had, we had, uh, and God bless Allison because it would look. We had people; they knew each other. We had connection. She showed interest, and Allison could. We couldn't. We would have. We would set up meetings, and she'd cancel a meeting. Get second meeting, cancel the meeting. Third meeting, cancel the meeting. And Allison said, all right, well, you seem like you're very busy and good luck to you. And if you ever want to contact us, contact us. It was some, you know, she, that was, she learned the lesson because we talked about it. I'm working with yeah. a friend. We're trying to work with a friend of mine who's an awesome chef who is a friend of mine. We can't get him to answer an email. It's like, you know, and so it's like, don't keep pounding him. Just back off. Red flag is the yeah. guy's too stone. All these fucking chefs now. They're all stoned. And it's like, it's part of their personality. Have you heard about this?
2: No. On the no. United
1: States now, there is this crop of young chefs who are super-duper creative. And part of their creativity is because they get stoned all the time. And then they use that getting stoned as an aggregate for ex- you know expressing creativity on the menu. I went to this restaurant, a friend of mine, one of the first knives I made. Awesome chef. He fucking smokes weed on the video he's like puffing weed and blowing weed in the videos as if that's <laughs> supposed to be some sort of like you know what i'm talking about it's just like that's your part of your personality it's like mm. fucking blowing smoke at the camera like oh, oh, oh wow you know that,
2: this guy is a real person uh, and he, i've got to the point with smoking if i know the chef smokes i wouldn't want to eat there seriously you know i'm just like, i'm talking oh, about I, weed i just, I just yeah, I know, but it just any sort of smoking, it just repulses me well, that much. So this guy, he made
1: this and you know, I don't know if in Europe but it, over in here, fried deep-fried Brussels sprouts are a thing. Deep-fried like you know, really crispy and then hot honey on top and all this, you know, and this maple glaze, you know, it, it's like a fucking th- it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's crazy how it, So he serves sends us this a couple years ago. He sends us over this bowl of Deep fried Brussels sprouts with hot honey oh, and geez. rice krispies. I, I need to take a shit again. Just the thought of that. <laughs> you want me to cover for you? And then he had he had <laughs> rice krispies in there, and oh, we're eating it. Oh, and geez. I said to him, like, "Where do you come up with this?" He's like, "I got stoned." And it was his whole his whole mindset was over like was stoned. And I'm I, mean, I got this crop of these young chefs who are depending on marijuana for their creativity, and it's just like, all right, you're so you're such a fucking bohemian. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though. Nice. There's even there's all these YouTube guys, and they they'll, they'll blow up weed, and then they'll cook for you on Instagram. It's just so obnoxious.
2: I haven't seen any of that. No. Oh, no. dude, I got like
1: five or ten guys, and they got like hundreds oh. of subscribers, and their or followers, thousands of followers, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, and their whole thing is blowing smoke in the camera. It's hilarious. Ugh. Isaiah George says here's for the red flags a big red flag for me is when someone messaged me a picture of someone's knife slash bladed object from a movie or video game and asks if I can make it even bigger red flag because hmm. <laughs> they took a screenshot of it for sale on some website for $160 and asked me to do it cheaper <laughs> first of all I don't make any weird mythical weapons and second no I'm not making something for $160 bucks. Uh, yeah yeah. Oh geez. Uh, I got two more. This one comes from Jeffrey Bays, listening to the show on the way back from Tennessee, and I thought I have a couple red flags. If someone messages me asking for a higher layer raindrop Damascus, I know that they're I know that they got everything they know from Forge and Fire and aren't actually <laughs> serious about it. Thanks for making the drive back to Texas a little easier. Uh, that is <laughs> that is always I I that is higher layer. My I have red flags that I've had to talk to Allison about. I said if you hear these guys using bullshit expressions and they're not talking normal, it's a red flag every time. Like I only (laughs) cut my when they refer to their food as protein. Like I only Mm. cut my protein with carbon steel. Or they ask me, you know, what's the temper? What's the temper on that knife like? Or they'll use words that they think that will in you know we'll be friends now. Uh, it's always a red flag. I'll always, I'll always say to Allison, these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Actually, when a guy asks for a full tang Damascus knife, I'll usually say, "My fucking red flag antennas are coming up," because that's usually some bullshit too. So, and then uh, the last one is from Cutthroat Australia. Our friend uh, from Cutthroat Australia. Here's a red flag: when someone asks about classes and also asks, "Can I get a refund?" If the class dates don't work, <laughs> that person <laughs> that person is going to make your life so difficult with multiple transfers than a cancellation. Yeah, so yeah, I hate I hate Jeez. red flags.
2: Oh, you know what I, hear? I hate? I hate just people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. You know what? You know what is a red flag to me when somebody asks if they can pick your brain. Oh that's a geez, fucking red yeah. flag. That's immediate. I, I I wanted to I wanted to uh, let's hear some Here's some red flag expressions. I wanted to pick your brain about something. That's a red flag. Another red flag is when someone says, "I want to try my hand at <laughs> this" as if, you know, and then that's always a red flag. There's a, I love red flags. So if you're listening to this and you want to send in your red flags, we'll we'll re- revise this whole thing and you know,
2: Knife Talk podcast on Instagram. Go. Send them in. Send them in. Right, should we call it a day? We've got we've got uh super bowls to well, talk about. We have about. super bowls and Bevo to talk about. We have all, all we have to, left is the knife print ad. Um knife print. Um we've mentioned already designing on screen earlier today. Um and you know, things snapping into place and making it super simple. Well, knife print can do that for you. knifeprint.com um if you've never done any sort of computer aided design before, computer aided drafting, you might want to call it. Um, knife print is the one to use because there's nothing to download there's no licensing issues it's all just done in a browser you can save your designs go back in and tweak them um, but the, one of the great features of Knifeprint is as well as being able to print off to paper for templates that kind of thing um, you can print off to steel so pick the stock um, and they will laser jet or water jet cut it out for you and ship it to you so great for you know one-off prototypes and all that kind of stuff and even you know low order counts as well go take a look at knifeprint.com. Okay, well, thank you all for listening. Um, (laughs) Sorry for (laughs) for leaving you halfway. (laughs) Um, Mother Nature calls sometimes, you know? Um, And we shall speak to you again next week. I'll be in the UK. Uh, Marekka will be back as well. And we should have a a full threesome for you. Speak to you then. Bye for now. This show is... So let's start with the the ads at Super Bowl. Number
1: one, I want to congratulate you. For all the listeners... Craig sent me a message on Super Bowl Sunday. All right, I'm watching. What do I do? Where do I watch? And you watched it and was texting me the whole time until you could not t- couldn't take it anymore.
2: I couldn't take and, it anymore. And so, I was so
1: happy. I was so happy to, like, I said, you text me any questions you have, and you asked me one question that was, like, such a head-scratcher. I was like, that's the best goddamn question you could have asked me. Which one was You that? said to me... Are you telling me that when the commercials go on, they stop playing? (laughs) And and I was like,
2: (laughs) that's what (laughs) I couldn't understand. So I could have watched this on French TV or British TV, where we would get, you know, British people talking about it or French people talking about it. But I thought, you you hear so much about the Super Bowl being such a big cultural thing. I thought let's get let's watch it on US TV. So I watched it on the same channel that you watched it on, which I I which I think was CBS. So I got to see all the ads and I heard the commentary and all the rest of it. I just (laughs) I just couldn't believe that like every I don't think it went longer than four minutes before they'd stop for commercial, and then that they'd have an ad yeah commercial break. And and I'm thinking, so are we missing the game now? Well, just because these ads are on, because I mean the nearest sport we have i suppose in in uh, in europe to that is is rugby right. and, and rugby is an is an 80 minute game and there's two halves of 40 minutes and you don't stop for 40 minutes they don't stop for an ad break you you have a hard ad break at half time after 40 right. minutes um but i just couldn't <laughs> believe that these ad breaks were happening something okay i've heard you know at the super bowl they make huge revenues from the ads okay fair enough but i think we're missing the game So, the question was, yeah, you know, what are the players doing now? Are they just watching the big screen, watching the ads? (laughs) So, so
1: (laughs) the Super Bowl is, in regards to American television, it's the most watched night of television. The Super Bowl Sundays, and they've created something that's really quite a spectacle. And now I'm starting to hear ads kind of pushing it towards being a holiday. Like people are saying, in in these ads. Are you if you celebrate the Super Bowl or are you you know? And, and it's like, are you celebrating Super Bowl Sunday? And they're using words to kind of we're pushing it towards a thing. And I was start, Hillary was sending me a pile of these Instagram reels about people saying it's better than Thanksgiving because you can eat whatever the fuck you want. You don't have to be with the people you don't want to be. You have a lot of action. You got all this stuff, and it's like it's turning into a holiday. It's turning into a real holiday in um in american culture you have Mm. you know the the football a a holiday for the players they do fuck all it it was a good you know what you went to bed it was a the end of the game was amazing and it was there's the commercials are the most expensive commercials because it's so well and you get like hugh jackman and all you get all these famous people doing these ads and they're paying seven million dollars for an ad which is like apparently crazy and they're not yeah, good anymore. They used to be. Super Bowl ads were really well produced and really good. In the last like five or ten years, they suck. You know, they're never funny. They're never good. They're never exciting. And um, you know,
2: I was surprised what the ads were for. Yeah. So there was there was ads for like you know, prescription drugs, right. which we wouldn't ever get in right. Europe. So that, to me that was really weird. It was like what? Yeah, the ads for God. Yeah. And I mean, there's Scientology <laughs> too. That just. Yeah, the most bizarre, bizarre right. acts. I, so I, I found it interesting, um, but it got to the point at halftime, and I watched the the halftime show. Watching Ashley rub himself all over, and I was rub himself. Oh uh, yeah, on. he was
1: uh, he was up on uh, old poor Alice, uh, Alicia Keys. That the yeah. big story was Alicia Alicia Keys is unbelievable. I love Alicia Keys. Her husband. Everyone was was uh, roasting her husband. Because Usher was, he had his hands all over. He had his paws all, all over. over. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. fucking Alicia Keys' husband. You're yeah. getting fucking cuckolded in <laughs> the goddamn watching the <laughs> halftime show. But
2: everything, not yeah. just that halftime show. I mean, the halftime show, you managed to fit in like 30 songs in 10, yeah. so it was ridiculous. Everything, I just felt like everything just needed to be like, just slow down. Everything, everything's fucking shouting at me. There's too many lights going off. Everything was just like, just whoa, just chill for it's a second and play for longer than four minutes. It, for God's the whole sake.
1: thing is so American. I mean, it's like you have all every celebrity who's worth a damn wants to be there. You had hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio and you got Beyonce and you got Jay Z and you got like, you know, you have Taylor Swift's up with the Ice Spice and the Shacks. Shaquille O'Neal's there and all these guys and every whoever's who's who is there. It's like this complete opulence you know it yeah. apparently a ticket was like at the starting price was like seven thousand dollars or something or eight thousand dollars for a ticket to get to the super Bowl. so you'd have to yeah, get well. to las vegas it's in las vegas which is like gluttony central yeah. and the betting of all, all the betting has become such a huge thing it's, it's it was it's just like it's insane totally insane yeah. but i'm glad you stuck with it G- but the questions you were sending me were hilarious I kept reading to Hillary. like, yeah, he's making a lot, his questions are crazy, but they're making a whole hell of a lot of sense. I can't answer them.
2: Yeah, it's just from watching a, a game of sport in the UK, right. it's the complete opposite. The complete opposite to me. It wasn't about the game at all. Yeah, it was like the no. game. they play for 30 seconds. They'd be like, well, fuck they, that. let's let's, some, let's do something they else. They figured out, you know, the people who watch the real
1: football fans who watch football hmm. on Sundays are like. They are not interested in the halftime show. Like, fucking Usher? <laughs> you think, you think, yeah, fucking, yeah. you know, z- zipping around on rollerblades, guy in, like, z- you know, purple <laughs> pi- fucking, purple fucking <laughs> sequins? He's, he's, was, you yeah. think he's, the demographic of him is the Sunday afternoon drunken football watcher? I don't think so. I mean, that's for the, the ladies, and then, you yeah. know, you got the Taylor Swift thing, you got for the ladies, and then you got the fucking commercials are for the non-real football fans. But, like, real football fans, apparently I was listening to Sports Radio, and the one guy was saying that what he does is he'll have two rooms at a football party, people who like football and other people. Hmm. And the people who like football can go in one room, and then all the fucking, you know, everyone who wants to, all the yentas who want to kibitz and, and, and like, chat about who you know Taylor Swift, they go in the other room. Yeah. But we have some announcing to do because we had you, – you, the listener, had the ability to send us in your predictions, and we had a lot of predictions. The Super Bowl score was Kansas City Chiefs 25 and the San Francisco 49ers 22. And we had a lot two – one guy was very close. Another guy – we have a winner who, who's the closest. We have the second winner who is the second closest. And the rest of you guys – losers, including me. I was close. I think I said 36, 32, but I wasn't close enough. So third Hill customs is the, is the second place winner. And he had 27 for the chiefs and San Francisco 24. And the guy who predicted it all, the guy who predicted it all, who is our grand champion, our Purdue, I mean, you're talking a guy who, if you want to pick lottery numbers, this is the guy to go talk to Holton handmade knives, had the score at twenty four twenty, that's is about as close as you can get. He was he was mm. so close. So the Chiefs at twenty five, San Francisco at twenty two. Holton Handmade Knives says twenty four twenty. I mean you can't make it up, Holton. I'm I'm tipping my cap to you. Congratulations
2: to you. So that's it. That's
1: Super Bowl prediction talk.
2: Nice, nice. And and that's another thing. So I watched the first yeah. half. Uh, not much right. happened. But apparently the second half they never had overtime
1: before. So it was like a. Oh. And then the craziest part was. San Francisco 49ers didn't know what to do because they never do they never do fucking overtime in playoffs before. So they were like unaware that the when they when they scored their first goal, they didn't realize that this now the, the other team gets possession and they have they have the ability to kind of like it was a mistake. It was a huge mistake and they lost the whole thing.
2: So they thought that just the next I, goal wins. They, I they think thought?
1: that some of them, some of they, some of them were saying that they were unaware of the rules, and the coach was just a little Jeez. bit like unaware. And then the, all the, the the you're supposed to like be prepared for all this stuff, and they had like they had explained to a lot of them or to the coaches, here's what happens in an overtime situation: one team has possession, and then at the end of their possession, the other team has possession. So it's like you know, Patrick Mahomes made it happen. So. It was very exciting, but I hated it on a Sunday because I had to wake up in the next morning. All right, that's Super Bowl talk. Let's talk about Bevo. Bevo. (laughs) Can
2: you describe to the listener who Bevo is? So Bevo is on Instagram, I'd imagine TikTok, TikTok, too. Yeah, yeah. And um, he eats things without (laughs) swallowing. um and it's just just, without chewing without chewing that's his without chewing sorry yes yeah that's his shtick that's his thing and he's managed to build up a following of of millions of people it's bizarre he's he
1: looks like he looks like he would be out of beavis and butthead you know he's got this (laughs) face where his eyes are bugged out they're a little bit like
2: rat face
1: yeah, yeah he's got he's got you know he's got the underbite and his teeth are crazy and they're big and obviously he's got some sort of problem you know he just looks fucked up i mean he looks like he looks like uh, he looks like a mutant frankly i mean i hate to say it he looks like a mutant and his whole thing is he rates food but he doesn't chew it he'll put it in his mouth i think he'll gum it up into the top of his mouth with his tongue and then he'll do this what looks like the worst swallow of all time. It looks like his life is just a complete misery. And then he'll rate the food based on just swallowing shit whole. Ugh.
2: So I'm just looking now. He's on TikTok. as Beavis Brandon, uh, 1.3 million followers, so 24 million likes. Uh, and, and I think he's the same on Instagram. Is he? No, he's Bevo official on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah again.
1: <laughs> and it always looks like he's about to choke to death. Like his yeah. swallowing, he like his head goes down and his eyes bulge out, and you can tell. And he's like, oh that he'll 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 just kind of mush something up on between his tongue and the roof of his mouth, and then he'll swallow it and make this like terrible looking face. And then he'll say, yeah. "Oh, that was quite nice. <laughs> that was quite nice. I give it a 7.2. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he's got these beaver yeah. teeth as well. And he's he's a bit, he's a strange looking boy. The, this yeah, is yeah. the
1: thing. This is the thing about the internet which drives me nuts. It's like you have to look freakish. Now to get followers there's this whole weird thing now, and I don't know why I get images of it on the algorithm, but there are these like beauty queen dwarves have you seen these I'm saying like no. <laughs> no. they're like they're like, what are you for? They're, like strippers, <laughs> but I think it's because I don't know what it is, but they're like they're super buxom, super you know they're curvaceous, but then all of a sudden they have like small person limbs, and they're becoming this like strange obsession with a lot of these guys. It's like bizarre. It's super bizarre. And you start to see Bevo and then his girlfriend's wall eyed. I don't Have you seen his girlfriend? Bevo's girlfriend is, is looks gl- like, I mean, the two of them look like a drawing.
2: <laughs> I mean, the two of them <laughs> together look like a fucking cartoon. Well, two worlds have just, I'm on Bevo's page now. Two worlds have just collided. Have you got your phone yeah. with you to Go ahead. see what I've just sent to you? Um, so there's two people that you've been sending me be links to for the last couple of
1: months,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they're together. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: Bevo and then the and then the guy
1: uh, M Dot, oh, M Dot, who sings uh, about blood clots.
2: That's the um, one, yeah, bumper clots. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Mad. I, I tell Absolute you, madness. I tell you, that's the thing. Now it's these, cra- and in New York, it's these like kind of mobster wannabes. That's the ones who are really mm. popular. Everyone's got this weird hook, but Bevo is like, I, I, my my kid hates Bevo. And anytime <laughs> she sends me anything, I'll always send her back Bevo. And then our our new favorite emoji is the scorpion, so she'll send me back the scorpion emoji as in, like, you know, knock it off. But I love sending right, Bevo because yeah. they're so bad. <laughs> Fucking hate Bevo. And then he will say, oh, chewing's oh. overrated. <laughs> you don't have to chew. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to chew.
2: Oh, man. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. There you go. The other on social media news um, over the last two weeks as well is Michael Jackson isn't dead. Did you know? Get the... F- I heard... He's not dead. I've- so his official Instagram went live. Um, and it was him. Like It was him talking to the camera. And, like, Instagram Live, you can't do pre-recorded video. It needs to be live video to be on Instagram Live. And it got, like, millions of people watching and all the rest of it. But now all these celebrities are coming out saying, like, this is the year he's coming back and it's like, he's got all this new material It's going to be great. And it's just like, what? Well, who knows, eh? I, who knows? You, mentioned,
1: you know, this is the funny thing is you and I were, when we stopped last week, we were going to talk about Michael Jackson's back and then Bevo and we are just like, God damn, I wish we didn't cut the recording off. Uh, we're getting, we're getting stupider. I mean, I'm amazed, <laughs> I'm amazed, I'm amazed how much stupid we're getting. We're getting dumber and dumber yeah. by the minute. It's like, it's just fucking madness. It's just madness. Yep. But Fucking Bevo's yeah. got one million no, followers.
2: Nothing surprises Nothing surprises me these his days. His you know? fucking
1: just- skill is to, chew, is to eat without chewing. <laughs> <laughs> eat without chewing. And he erases the food. Oh, that was nice. There was a fun one where he raided this whole plate of food. He ate it in his bedroom. He's fucking mushing it up, plotching. You know what plotching is when you're eating like this... He's plotching the fucking right, yeah, food, yeah. and then everything that he tried, he gave a 7.2. Every fucking thing he gave a 7.2. <laughs> there was no deviation. Every, I, was, I was tasted nice, nice and seasoned, 7.2. And all he, he's known for is looking weird and fucking plotching his food mm.
2: down without chewing it. Yeah. Disgusting. <sighs> Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. God bless. Him. Right. With that, we're gonna leave you everybody. Uh so go take a look at Vivo <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> don't send us any. We've seen them all. Please don't send us any. Um but um, yeah, and send us your your funny obscure obsession obsessions on oh, Instagram yeah. for maybe for maybe for after shows for the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And then send right. in the red flags and then send in your self sabotaging things and yeah, yeah, yeah!
2: Awesome, right? Thank you all very much for listening, and we shall speak to you again uh, next week. Bye for now. <laughs>
1: this show is brought. You're the best. I swear to God, you are the you are the best. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs>